Hey y'all, it's your girl IJ. And this is Cut. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to The Refresh. Refresh. Hang out with us for a while and rejuvenate your mind through open discussions about Black mental health. No subject is off limits. Welcome to another episode of The Refresh. I'm Cuddly. And I'm Ijama. All right. Welcome, welcome. So we're going to get started with our hookahs for the week. I'll go ahead and get started with mine. Uh, my hookah for the week is that I had crawfish for the first time this year, and it was lovely. Nice. I'm so jealous. Yeah. It was from this place in Marietta, Georgia. It's like a bit of a drive from here, but it was worth it. It's like these super duper Cajun people who cook crawfish like when we were super young at those like Nigerian picnics and it used to taste like perfection. It was amazing. <laughs> you know, I got to ask you how many pounds you got. <laughs> I got five pounds. I know you always get like three or two, which I really don't understand. But yeah, I got five pounds and I finished it all in one sitting and it was great. It was really good. I'm actually impressed you finished it all in one sitting. I will have to say that. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You know, finally finished a meal. Right. This might be the first time. (laughs) All right. (laughs) It's not like I had crawfish with like all the fixings inside. It was literally... Like a bunch of fishtails. So, yeah. Well, you didn't get any sides? So, I actually did get sides. I got potatoes. And it's so funny how they do stuff out here because, you know, in Louisiana, if you get potatoes, they just say how many you want. You know, <laughs> like give me two, give me three, whatever. And then they weigh it or whatever. Or, you know, some people might do like 50 cent a potato. They did theirs by the pound. And I didn't know how many, you know what I mean? Like how big are they? I don't know. But I ended up ordering, I think, half a pound of potatoes. And it was a lot. It was like, (laughs) it was the good size ones, like the little cute, small red circle ones. But Mm -hmm. it was maybe like 12 of them and I couldn't finish it. Oh my gosh. Successive. I know. It was so good though. They were like poppable, you know, like popping me in your mouth. So it was Mm -hmm. great. Man. Well, I'm glad you got enough crawfish for the both of us. I haven't had crawfish in... Honestly, probably since Chitty's wedding, when they had the crawfish boil the next day. And that oh, was yeah, in 2021. That. So going on two years. That's tragic. I know, isn't it? Truly, yeah. truly saddening. You think you could find some um, crawfish out there in Ohio? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Y'all have to I'm sure there's something smoke. out here, but like, I'm, is it going to be good? I can't guarantee that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, even if you boiled it yourself, but do they even sell live crawfish out there? I mean, they have to, right? I, you know, doubtful, but I'm sure it, like someone can ship something here, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I'm, a, I don't think I'll be having my next crawfish in Ohio. Yeah. I'll just have to go home not. again. I was going to say, better to just hop on a plane. <laughs> right. To do all that. Totally worth it. Yeah. So what was your hookah for the week? 
So my huga happened this past weekend when we were in Charleston. Oh yeah. So the trip overall was great, but one of my favorite parts was this restaurant that we went to. I think our first night there. Um, so it was this like French restaurant called Chez Nou. <laughs> our house for those of you who are not bilingual like myself <laughs> i'm just kidding but it was like a super cool like kind of cozy like intimate restaurant and the cool thing about it is that they changed the menu every single day but my favorite part about the restaurant was that they had blankets for the outdoor seating oh nice <laughs> I have never had that before. And girl, I literally freaked out like a child. I was like, are these blankets? And on the blanket, they even had their little tag that said Shay New on there. And girl, I was just the happiest person ever. Because, you know, I'm always cold. We did Mm -hmm. have an outdoor seat. And it was a little bit chilly that evening. They had the heat lamps and those, you know, worked. They did a good job. But the blanket was just the icing on the cake. And I was like, see... I know I'm about to eat good when y'all have me this comfortable and this happy before the food even comes out. (laughs) Yes, yes, blanket. What type of blanket was it? Was it like super plush and soft or heavy? No, it wasn't that heavy. It was just kind of a normal black blanket, but it was substantial. It did the job, you know. Nice. But I literally have never had that happen to me anywhere else. And I was just so like happily surprised. Yeah, I've never... I'm trying to think of a place that I went that had a blanket that they supplied, like a, in any capacity, you know, even like a hotel with like cute blankets to put on your lap. And I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, girl, nice. I'm not doing it out here. And I'm like, all you service places listening, I want to, you know, add some blankets to the service. <laughs> it really, right. really enhances the experience. It's like the meaning of the word huga, like cozy and content. <laughs> exactly. Like it was totally fitting, right? Yes. <laughs> Want to share your huga with us? Follow us on Instagram at The Refresh Show and leave us a comment letting us know where your huga was for the week. On today's episode, we thought it would be very important and also relevant to discuss work stress. So according to the American Institute of Stress, around 1 million Americans miss work each day due to stress. 55% of Americans are stressed during the day, while 94% of workers report feeling stress at work. 63% of US workers report that they're ready to quit their job to avoid work-related stress, and around 33% of people report feeling extreme stress. All right, so we're going to get into talking about work stress. But before we do that, I think it's important to just kind of introduce a little bit about what we each do at work, just to put some of our conversation in context. Um, So I will start. I am a child and adolescent psychologist, and my job generally involves um, assessment and diagnosis of mental health disorders and um, doing individual and family therapy. Awesome, awesome. I am a marketing manager currently for a global executive recruiting company. Um, It's very recent. And before that, I was at a job. It was a construction startup and I was the marketing director there. All right. Sounds good. So I think one of the biggest stressors for me at work is just honestly the demands 
of the job. Um, you know, at the level at which I work, you know, there are really high expectations, you know, every several day at the job. And that adds up to a very, very busy week, um, just about every week. And, you know, you know how hard I work to even earn the degree to have this job, you know, it's just extensive mm -hmm. training, it requires a lot of time and energy. So I'd say one of the biggest stressors of my job is really just the demands, you know, the day-to-day -day demands. My job does have a higher set of expectation than, you know, many other jobs. But at the same time, you know, this job did require a lot of training. Like, you know how long I was in graduate school. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so, you know, spent all of that time, a lot of time and energy, but it does, you know, or did help me develop a pretty unique skill set, you know, that allowed me to get this job. So. Yeah. I think the day-to-day -day demands are just pretty tough. But on top of that, you know, we're working in this time when there's literally a child and like teen mental health crisis, you know, so it's been very interesting to kind of come into the job during this time. You know, first it was the pandemic and, you know, obviously that was a big part of why a lot of these teens are facing, you know, the levels of distress that they are today. So mm -hmm. it's just been a very interesting time to be, you know, an early career psychologist. You know, yeah. I think there's good thing about it, if good quote unquote, is that there's no shortage of referrals for this job. But at the same time, it's like, you just got to see a lot more people and you're expected to do that every day and do it well, you know, so it can just be really emotionally taxing, you know, the day in the day out, and you're just expected to, again, really keep up with the lives of sometimes more than 20 people a week, you know, so it's like 20 stories from week to week that you have to remember. You can't forget details because that's gonna affect the relationship you have with the patient. You know, you really have to keep all of these people's stories in sequential order and, you know, on top of that, do your job. So it can just be really, really demanding at times. Yeah, and on top of that, like live your life and worry about your own stuff in addition to all these other patients. That's wild. And I mean, yeah, like you said, like what a time for you to step your toe out of this entire schooling journey, right? Like you, Seriously. how long were you in school? Like after college? Uh, six I mean, years. Six years. So 10 years. Like when you finally get off the boat, all bushy tailed and bright eyed. And it's like, just kidding. There's a pandemic and kids are about to lose their shit. Right. It's like a war. And it's like, see ya. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's on my side, it's kind of like almost like the stress was decreased in my field. You know, obviously there's so many layoffs in marketing and things like that. So there's the fear, the constant fear of, oh, is my company going to get shut down tomorrow? Am I going to have a job tomorrow? Things like that. But the whole work from home thing became like really big after, due to COVID, right? So if I think about the fact that one, my job currently is based in like Pennsylvania and New York. So would I even have been able to get this job that I love if I was in Atlanta, right? So because they weren't completely remote at the time. Whereas like before COVID, I was going to that job that I really did not enjoy going to. And it was like an in-office situation, like all the time. Like you're in the office, you're coming to the office. And so now that COVID hit, it was like, okay, I can hang at home at least 50% of the time, right? So 
I think that that actually helped alleviate some of my work stress. Lucky. I know. I'm like <laughs> shaking it in your face. But yeah, just thinking about it, that's that's wild because, you know, doing something like what you do, obviously you have like a system where you can work from home some days, right? Yeah. I'm like, we do hybrid right now. And I actually prefer hybrid than like fully remote just because I think mm-hmm. there are certain aspects of the job that do need to be done in person. So I don't mind that. But the idea of like full time in the office again sounds impossible. Oh my God. Doesn't it sound horrible? Like imagine getting up every morning at like 7.30, getting dressed, driving to the office and staying there till 5 p.m. And talking to all those people in person, IJ. Yeah. (laughs) That's why most days when I leave, you know, like you maybe didn't say it, but I just feel like pretty drained and just like tired. You know, it's like, I just feel like I use up the majority of my mental and physical energy at work. So by the time I get home, I'm on like 10%, if that. And it's just kind of sad, you know, because it's like, this is the time to enjoy yourself, you know, do the things you want to do. And sometimes I feel like I just can't. It's like, you know, you sit on that couch and you are not getting up again until it's time to go to bed. And there's so many things you want to do. Right. Like I always have like 10 things that I want to work on. Like I want to write in my journal. I want to watch this. Well, let me stop playing. I definitely get to my TV shows, you know, just like <laughs> things that you want to do. Like, oh, let me work on my website. I've been meaning to add this page to it or add this to the portfolio, things like that. And then right. once you get on that couch, it's just like, nah, I can't. Right. Not, not that I can't, but I won't, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know what? It's I'm not willing to do this this evening. So I feel like sometimes, you know, unfortunately, a lot of more of the personal things kind of get neglected. And then you, you know, when you really reflect on what that means, it kind of just pisses you off, you know, because these days just really go by so quickly. So sometimes I have these times where I'm like, I truly feel like all I do is work. Yeah, that must be a horrible feeling. I know I've said that before, but that sucks. But I mean, we, I'm sure a lot of us have felt that before or something similar. And it really makes you, um, what's that 80s song that I, work for the weekend like everybody's working for the weekend that's a real song that song and I think about that song working for the weekend and I think about your best friend Brett Michaels oh my gosh (laughs) that song he had called nothing but a good time girl I'll be blasting that song in my car especially that's your friend Oh, that's your best friend. You used to love that show. You used to be like, oh man, he's so hot. All right, now we're not going to tell lies on our podcast. <laughs> no, that's what he used to be saying. His I don't know. It's just like a weird feeling to know, right? Like, I mean, today's, what day is it? It's Wednesday. So like, we know that we're like just praying for two days from now, right? Because we know it's going to be the weekend and we'll get to like live our lives and breathe. And then next thing we know, again, we're going to be doing it all over again for five whole days. So yeah, it's it's definitely tough. Absolutely. So that's probably one of the biggest stressors for me. And I think maybe another one is also like, I think about the stakes of my job, you know, and I think- the same thing that kind of makes my job rewarding is what makes it really challenging at times because, you know, families are coming to see me when they are in crisis or they are, you know, at 
their worst point. You know, they're just truly struggling in one way or another. So I think a lot of the times is pressure to like, make sure you get it right. You know, like I, you feel this huge responsibility to like, not only help them, but like, you know, make a true, like meaningful impact on their lives. And it's like, if you feel like you're not doing that, like, it's really easy to internalize that, you know, like, oh, that must mean I'm not a good therapist or, you know, I'm not doing what I need to be doing to make sure that this family is improving. And, you know, over time, I've, I'm growing out of that. I think it's definitely a process, but there just definitely feels like there is so much pressure. And again, like I mentioned before, you know, seeing sometimes more than 20 people a week, it's like, imagine feeling pressure for that many people. Do you see 20 people a week? You see those same, tw- and I'm sure it's like 20-ish, probably more or less, but do you see those same 20 people like from week to week? No. So during the week, I'll always have at least like, at least three new patients. Yeah. But the other ones will generally be people that I'm like continuing on with in some way. Goodness. So you're just like adding, constantly adding to like the docket. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of stress. And I mean, you work with people, right? Not only do you work with people, but you're like working with people's emotions and like their brains and the way that they live their lives. So yeah, I can definitely understand why this, I mean, the stakes are much higher versus someone like me where it's like, oh, did you get this, you know, report done on time or, you know, things like that. It's consequential only if I am late on something or do something wrong or I, under deliver right but this isn't like a person's life that that I'm working with so yeah I can definitely understand that being very stressful so I mean something I can ask you is like I'm sure there are like two different types of reasons that you would feel like you weren't able to make like a real effect on someone like what you're afraid of or what you're worried about so I'm sure there's like, okay, maybe I, me as a doctor, like I need to figure out a way to pivot and better reach this person. But what about if it's, I don't want to say it's like the person's fault while they're not improving, but like, what if the person's circumstances in life, whether it's their parents, whether it's them missing sessions, things like that, what if that's the reason of them not, you know, reaching the point that you would like them to? Is that something that stresses you out also, or do you feel kind of like, well, there's nothing I could do about that. It does stress me out, but it stresses me out in a different way. Because I feel like for, you know, patients who are not as consistent or, you know, patients, like you said, just have a lot more barriers for whatever reasons, you know, I think like the inconsistency, I'm like, I think this is a clear explanation as to why nothing's changing. So it kind of removes a little bit of the responsibility from myself. But then Mm -hmm. also people who may have a lot more challenges and barriers, you know, I think I would still kind of feel stressed out if nothing changed, but I, I also know that change for them is likely going to happen much more slowly than it would for someone who didn't necessarily have the same types of challenges. So I think it can just stress me out for like different reasons, but in terms of how much I'm blaming myself, I think it like mm-hmm. alleviates when those factors are, are at play. Yeah. Okay. What about like, do you ever feel like, you're overworking. I mean, I hate to say, I don't think I've had a day because, you know, we talk and I know you be, you just have a lot of stuff to do. So I don't know if it's that you're overworking. It's more so that you have shit to get done. 
But do you think that that's something that you ever go through where you just wish that you could put something down and just kind of stop? Uh, yeah, literally every single day. I'm like, yes. I don't want to do anything today. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I do feel like I overwork and I don't think it's like by choice because, you know, I know myself, I would never choose to do this, work this hard every single day. So sometimes I, I do feel like I am overworked and, you know, that can just be tough because I think it's different if, you know, you go through a busy week and you had a busy week in the month of March, right? Like everyone can handle that. But if you have had a busy week since July and we're in March now, like that's just a totally different story. So it can definitely take its toll. And I think a lot of the times you don't really notice that toll until like, you know, it has been several months of this. Have you ever met someone or seen someone who loves, maybe they love their job, maybe they don't love it so much, but like they kind of force themselves to overwork? Um, You mean like at work or? Not force themselves to overwork, but like they are just totally always occupied with work at times where they probably don't need to be. Yeah, I mean, I definitely know there are like some, like, for example, anxious teens, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, they want to get everything done. They want to get A's. They want to get all their homework done on time. You know, they want to get into the good colleges. I think I've seen that presentation and you'll Mm -hmm. see them working into the hours of the night after you know, all of their extracurriculars and things like that and putting a lot of pressure on themselves to get everything done. But it's interesting because I'm like, I was like that in high school. So this actually sounds really normal to me. Wow. (laughs) So it's really interesting because I think it can sometimes be just like a fine line between like working hard, which I think is a great thing, but also like, you know, working so hard that you're not allowing or creating time for anything else. And I think that sometimes can be what the challenge is for, you know, teenagers or even younger children who present with those types of problems. It's like, I understand you want to work hard and you want to do well, but do you need to work to this degree to do those things? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, for me, it's kind of like when it comes to work stress, I think of two different ones. And that's what I, what we just talked about, which is, you know, like overworking or just working yourself into a hole, whether it's something that is needed or not, you know, like whether you're just kind of stuck in that inner rut and you're like, okay, I have like pressure, right? Like I have to do well, I have to do this. But also another stress that I've experienced more than any is just like not I I keep, every time I talk about my old job, I like try and mince my words. I don't know why I do that. But just like not liking my work environment, you know, at my last, the role that I left a couple months ago, that's what it was for me. It was like, I could sit at home and work on my laptop and that's cool, you know, and I can get my work done. I don't love my job, but I can get the work done and I'm just hanging over here and I'm looking to the future or whatever. But if I had to step a pinky toe in the office, it was this horrible dread that came over me just having to wake up in the morning and know that I have to like get up, shower, get in my car, drive to to the office. And that's the stress that I'm most familiar with. And that's the stress that I'm just so happy that at this new role, you know, working from home, definitely a hundred percent, I'm able to interact with my other coworkers as much as I like. And, you know, you're just able to relax more. So have you ever experienced like 
a type of stress at work where it like has to do more so with your surroundings or your environment? Definitely. (laughs) I would say, you know, luckily this hasn't been like the norm per se, but I would say like before I even became a psychologist, you know, as a trainee, you have a lot of different, you know, work-like experiences, right? So I've worked at like several different hospitals, different clinics, different labs and things like that, you know, as I'm learning or training to get all of my experience. So there was one experience I had and like this was probably one of the worst supervisors that I've ever had. And I've had many. And what I remember about this supervisor was like, they were just so cold to me. And it didn't make any sense because, you know, I didn't do anything to this person. I thought I was a good trainee doing everything that I can to like learn and, you know, do things well. But just like did not mesh. And I think it may have just been like a personality difference, but she was so cold to me, so dismissive. Like, I swear she counted how many words she could give me each day. You know, like, mm-hmm. um, I've given you three words today. That's it, basically. Mm-hmm. And it just really felt like she didn't want to supervise me or like teach me. So I'm like, well, why are you doing this if it is so painful for you? Um, And then I remember another thing about that, situation like I had asked to have certain types of opportunities throughout that year and she never offered it to me never and then when the semester changes and you switch supervisors there was another trainee who had this same person and they suddenly were able to have the opportunities I asked for every week and it was like very very clearly different So that kind of bothered me. And, you know, you kind of internalize a lot of that. You're just like, what did I do? Like, am I a bad person? Am I a bad trainee? So, you know, you just internalize a lot of that. And I felt exactly what you were describing, like that dread of going every time. Like each meeting I had with her, it's like, all right, let me take my little deep breaths, you know? And it's like, what is she going to say to me now? And you just kind of have to fix your face and go in with a smile, just knowing that you like hate it. And like, that's really one of the hardest things to do. Yes. Ah, everything you just said reminded me of, you know, who, like every single thing. Oh my God. Like I must not be named. He who, yes. Voldemort. Oh wait, I just named him. (laughs) But like, it was like, you were, you were, what's the word? Narrating my thoughts. Like I saw everything and you know, the person I'm talking about, it wasn't, you know, it was definitely like he felt superior over me, that's for sure. And he was definitely rude, which is what it sounds like your supervisor was. But it was just so much worse because he was just one of those people who doesn't know, he has no filter in the worst way, right? Like he used to say things that were just so racist, you know, not like saying the N word outright. Well, actually, that happened. <laughs> right. I'm going to say actually exactly like that. <laughs> Wait, that literally happened. Oh my God. So, yeah, it slipped out one, sure. But more on the day to day, it was like, you know, commenting on hair. Like I had twists in my head once and he said it looked like rope. And he said that wow. while he was holding my twist in his hand. And oh I was God. just like, just so much violation, dude. Like, it's just one of those things that someone who's not African-American wouldn't understand, like, why it was offensive, right? 
Well, actually, most people would understand. Yeah, I'm gonna say, shoot, many people but I know get it. <laughs> just so, just a lot of un, very uncomfortable situations where I could not escape because it was my source of income. Like there was this one time we went to a like a group dinner, and he brought someone who was black, and he felt the need to like announce it to me before the dinner. You know, and it's like, why do you need to tell me that this person's black? And every time he would talk about anyone, IJ, he would say, like, if he was talking about just someone named Billy, I don't know who Billy is. And he'll be like, you're, you'd really like him. And I, I, I would just like shudder because I knew exactly what was coming on his lips next. And he would say, you would really like him. He's African-American. He said that by everyone that he knew that was black that he would talk to me about. I'm not kidding. Even like on dating apps, he would talk about how he met someone on a dating app. And then he said, oh, she's a, you really like her. She's African-American. And I'm just like, oh my God, kill me. This is like sketch comedy. It's like you no. look at like breaking the fourth wall, looking at the camera like, is this man serious? Is this real? girl like The Office? Like I told him once that he reminded me of Michael Scott from The Office. And I feel like he took it as a compliment. Except not endearing at all. Or yeah, funny. Like <laughs> real life. Horrible just very version. inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. But yeah, that it definitely sucks because again, like we unfortunately spend most of our time, you know, in a work environment. So if you're spending most of your time in toxicity, it's you know, it's of course it's going to impact you. And it's just hard when you don't know if or when there's a way out. You know, luckily in my situation, I was like, all right, I know there's a, t- a deadline. I just gotta make it to this month. This is my last day with this person. I can do that and move on. But in a job mm-hmm. situation, like you don't always know when you can go or, you know, what's coming next. Mm-hmm. Yep. So IJ, what are some ways that stress at work, work stress can affect our mental health? Yeah. So work stress can affect us in many different ways. And I think, you know, one of the more prominent things I've noticed at least is, you know, that feeling of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those who don't know, you know, that's when you just kind of feel like you don't like deserve the position you're in like you may doubt your skills you know may doubt your accomplishments and just kind of like have this fear of like almost like being exposed as a fraud basically um and I think I've experienced that a lot just throughout my training years and especially being kind of early career right now because you know obviously I did all the work I did everything to be here but you just constantly feel like you're trying to prove yourself, you know? And I think you really have to get in, at least I had to get into that habit as a trainee is because you really are trying to prove yourself, right? You're trying to show that like, I can have this position and it just feels like you have to like work so hard to maintain it. And, you know, obviously I, I know that imposter syndrome is, you know, it's not a real thing. It's kind of all in, in our heads, but it really can make you feel, inferior, you know, like you're finding yourself constantly comparing yourself to other people and, you know, usually Mm -hmm. in a negative manner. And, you know, the more frequently that you do that, you're just going to feel down and, you know, you may lose self-confidence because you just really don't believe that you're good at what you do. So that's that's something that I've kind of struggled with a little bit. That's crazy that I've seen, you know, the articles and just people commenting on imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome, you know, on LinkedIn and stuff. But 
to actually finally live it because, you know, I was at that other place for so long and it was in many ways my first like kind of big girl job. And so I didn't have, you know, in in the six years where that you've had what, like four different environments to work in or more, I've only had one. So at this new position, I mean, I can't even explain it. The only saving grace for me was talking to everyone through a laptop. But I felt so, I felt like I just did not deserve to be there. And everyone could see it on my face, you know, to the point where I'm looking at someone and it's like, they're looking at me with like a smirk because they know I'm not qualified to be here. Um, So that's crazy that that, that's something that so many people goes, goes through because it sucks and it's real. Right. And it's like, I definitely think it's, you know, a developmental thing. Like hopefully this is not something I feel throughout my entire career Mm -hmm. as a psychologist, but especially like, you know, just early on, it's, I feel like I know more people who experience that than, than don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely. That's a big one. And then I'd say another way that stress can affect us is, you know, just anxiety and depression. You know, it's like, especially we're thinking back to that idea of not having a work-life balance. It's like, you're giving all of your time, all of your energy to a job, right? And whether you like it or don't, don't like your job, it's still just like time in your day that you won't get back. And I think, you know, the longer and longer that that can go on and you're not, you know, giving the proper attention to your personal interests, you know, your hobbies, your friendships, relationships, family, all of that, like you can very easily just start to feel down and like just disconnected from your world, from yourself. And, you know, that can absolutely um, contribute to feelings of depression. And I think along with what we were talking about before, just having like a higher demanding job, that can just Mm -hmm. cause a lot of anxiety. You know, you're Mm -hmm. like, I have to do these things right because my boss has to see that I know what I'm doing, right? And you can have just a lot of things to do every single day. Like I'm sure we all have a a never ending to-do list, right? And it's like, you just see that list growing longer and longer and longer. And that can just be anxiety provoking and you know just draining and have you feeling more on edge than usual yeah Hmm. is that something you felt yeah definitely I mean like I said my job is obviously not as demanding as you being you know a child psychologist but um just during that time where I you know I was trying to leave that place for a whole year you know and just feeling stuck, that feeling of being stuck in a place that I didn't want to be. And, you know, it being the source of my income, that's a big piece of it, right? Um, I did, I felt very withdrawn. But, you know, like when I used to talk to you about it and whenever I used to talk to friends about it, I did that just so I could kind of pull myself out whenever possible, right? Like I did that because I knew that I was in like a a tough spot and I didn't want to just keep falling deeper and deeper in it. But yeah, I definitely felt like you said, I'm disconnected Mm -hmm. because it was just kind of like, I can't move forward with my life until I can put this part behind me. So I guess there's just like a bunch of different types to stress when it comes to work. For sure. And then the last thing I'll say about mental health, I'm actually pulling this from like a recent study Um, by the Journal of American 
the Journal of American Medical Association, um, they actually found that work stress can lead to lower cognitive functioning. So I was like, what does that mean? And basically the study found that, you know, the longer and more um, longer you're exposed to work stress, it can actually reduce like your capacity to remember things. It can reduce your capacity to be able to like concentrate on things. And it also can reduce your capacity to be able to learn new things. And I was like, oh my God, I hate that I relate to this so much. <laughs> um, but I definitely have, like, I feel like I have definitely experienced difficulty remembering things. I'm like, have I talked about this to you before? Like, or was that last week when that happened like I feel yeah. like I forget so many little details now and at first I was like oh my god like what's happening to me you know <laughs> I used to be able to remember things more easily than I can like I didn't know if I was just kind of getting old or whatever but <laughs> after reading this study it just made a lot of sense you know and especially I think about the context of my job like I'm literally tasked with remembering everything <laughs> all of the time so it's like of course I can't remember everything like my brain is just truly maxed out but I've definitely noticed that and like I'll have days in the office where I just cannot get anything done because for whatever reason I just cannot focus for more than like a minute or two you know and luckily it's not every single day that it's like that but when those days happen it's very noticeable because it really just feels like there's nothing you can do to fix that in that moment yeah that's wild you mentioned that because I have a friend who is a IT, like security, you know, one of those people that sit at their laptop all day and not their laptop, sit at their computer desk all day and are just coding and looking at digits and, you know, whatever. Um, And he used to work, well, he works a lot, like seven to nine most days or more. Um, And he's one of those people that I was kind of referring to when I talked about, um, like overworking, not because it's something's due, but just because you're kind of like just stuck in in the in the movement of just working, right? It's like, oh, well, there's always something else to be done. And there were days when we would have conversations and he, like after, you know, he had to pull a lot of all-nighters and things like that. And there were days when we would speak and he, he's told me a couple stories at least three times each. <laughs> Like within a week or a few days of each other. And I'm like, I like sometimes I would just let him go through, but other times I'll be like, yeah, you told me this yesterday. And then I could see, now that you're telling me this, I could see that he truly didn't remember because he was probably just like overworked and stressed and also like stuttering, not being able to get his sentences out fully. So, yeah, it's kind of like, it's just scary to know those things because I feel like. A lot of the times, you know, these jobs are just, they'll talk to you about self-care and, you know, like reducing stress, but it's like, it's just not that easy. You know, it's like, we're all doing the self-care, like no one's not out here doing nothing. So it just kind of feels scary because sometimes it feels inescapable in terms of, you know, stress just kind of always being part of a job. But, you know, my hope for myself is that in the future, you know, I, of course, still anticipate moments of stress, but that's what I want them to be is just moments. You know, I don't want it to be like the norm any longer. Yeah, yeah you don't want to be stressed for days and days on end or weeks or years because that's when it's like, how do I even come back from this? Exactly. Mm-hmm.
right, so we have reached the end of our episode. So we are ready to give you our tips and takeaways. So my takeaway for this week will just be to start to pay attention to, you know, the signs that you may be stressed out from work. Um, I think for some people, this can be pretty easy, but I think it can be a little bit more challenging, especially if you do work in a job where, you know, you feel stressed a lot or most of the time because that starts to feel a little bit normal for you. But, you know, our bodies are always going to give us different clues to let us know that we are stressed. You know, these may include things like physical symptoms. So maybe your heartbeat, you know, is is um, faster than normal or you notice, you know, you have trouble breathing at times. You might just generally feel on edge or more irritable. Um, you might notice that, you know, there are some changes to your sleep. It may be difficult to fall asleep or stay asleep through the night. You may notice some changes in your appetite. You know, some people eat less than usual when they're stressed out. That's me. And then some people eat more than usual when they're stressed out. Um, then also just, you know, paying attention to those feelings of, you know, being drained and being fatigued. Um, these are a lot of the more common signs of stress, but you know, stress really looks and feels differently from person to person. So it'll just be important for you to recognize not only your patterns, but also like when you're feeling stress, you know, are you noticing it in the morning when you wake up, you only feel it when you're actually at work or is it coming on at bedtime? So I think it's important to just pay attention to some of those signs and really try to use those as a cue to like, you know, take a break and just de-stress in whatever way you enjoy. Wonderful. So my tip for the week um, to avoid those clues that you just mentioned, IJ, about being stressed, I just try to not forgive myself, but I try to take it easy and like be forgiving with, you know, like how I feel when I feel like very heightened or like pressured or just tired. And um, I just make sure to, you know, take that time out to decompress and prioritize that time, right? And to not feel guilty for just like laying on the couch and watching a show or laying on the couch and taking a nap, right? Or, you know, something else that I like to do that I find is helpful is to run errands. So working from home, you know, you're just sitting at a desk, looking at a computer, you might walk around the house a little bit, but sometimes it helps to put me in a better headspace to just you know, maybe leave the house and go run some errands, you know, drop off those packages that I've been staring at for a week. Or I might go and, you know, clean up my room or wash the dishes. And I don't know about you, but that just cleaning sometimes just really helps to calm me down because, you know, I'm distracted, but also I'm cleaning up um, clutter. And when I'm cluttered, I tend to be a little more stressed. So yeah, just, you know, finding time and making time, um, if possible, to just decompress and to just take it easy. Yeah. And I'm actually going to say not if possible, like you have to make it possible, you yeah. know, like in the same way, we will never miss a work meeting, never miss, you know, a session. No, we need to make sure that we keep our like self-care dates with ourselves and give it that same priority. Yeah. Let us know if any of these tips work for you. Visit us on Instagram at The Refresh Show and leave us a comment. So that is going to be all for this episode. Thank you for listening and yeah. we'll see, see you next, you next time. time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.